right, folks, we're back. Messy Truth Podcast. I am number one today is Nisha from Kanagahage. And passing it on to my middle friend today. Who's my middle friend? Ooh, Aspen. That Shout out to be, Aspen. <laughs> that would be me. We got a little, exactly. We got a co-host today. I'm going to try to keep him calm. But this is Azar um, from New York City with my little guy Aspen in the background. Hey, y'all. It's Mar recording live from Montreal. And we're back with episode 16 today. Woohoo! 16. Woo-hoo. 16. That means you know what? We're gonna have to have like a top ten worst New Year New Year's Eve moments for our New Year's show. Like the really? worst and the best New Year's Eve things. I don't think I have for. enough. Yeah, I don't New think Year's I have Eve enough. Is weird. Me neither. Okay, we've lived for at least ten New Year's Eves. Come on. At least, right? <clears throat> a lot of mine has been spent with like Dick Clark and other you know, corny people who've hosted New Year's that Eve That would be parties. in my top oh, 10 horrible. Too. Why is that top 10 horrible? I prefer that to some of the crazy nights uh, I spent outside freezing in the Montreal winters. Uh, waiting for a cab that never came. Montreal girls got perseverance with the hills and the snow. No one has built like a Montreal chick. I will give Montreal Heels in the snow cause... and scantily clad clothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What were we thinking? Oh my god! Now you can't get me out of my jogging pants for six months. How about that? You are never taking away these jogging pants from me. Never taking them away. Never. (laughs) On a good day, I don't think the kids. The kids are like, is that? Is that? Is that? Is that niche? (laughs) Is that my teacher? (laughs) But speaking of uh, chicks who hold it down in the winter. Today's episode, folks, is about beauty standards. And I got a lot of beef, as always, with everything, but particularly all the things that women, self-identified women, have to go through in comparison to our male counterparts in terms of beautifying. So there's a couple of procedures that maybe I don't know, maybe Oz and Mar know. Um, like, you know, the uh, man, you asked me what microblading is. I'll leave that to Oz to tell you because I don't know. <laughs> you gotta put me on blast okay. like that. Because no, <laughs> I don't know what it is. But if you look at the beauty industry for women, we're looking at a billion dollars and more industry. In my in my opinion, on some levels, capitalizing on a level of our insecurities and just driving this train of impossible perfection that doesn't exist. So you taking my money to make me insecure. It's, I was talking to Mara this week, folks, and I was like, oh my gosh, we have a lot to do from waxing to nails, to pedicures, to eyebrows, to blush, to make, it's a lot, yo. We came to the conclusion that being a bad bitch is just not realistic. You know, like how, again, we (laughs) talked about the strong black woman that, no, 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 no. Being a bad bitch, no, no, I'm not in that category at all. I just do not have the time or the energy or the money. Can I be a medium bitch? You can be whatever you want to be, to be honest, really. It's daunting. It's a lot of high maintenance. It's a lot of high maintenance. And I got to say, social media has made this even worse, guys. Social media has impacted our insecurities to the next level. Did you guys know that there is a trend with plastic surgery called Snapchat dysmorphia? That people are taking pictures of themselves filtered to plastic surgeons and saying, make me look like this. Um, it's real. It's so real. Dysmorphia is real. For those who don't know what dysmorphia is, it's 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 uh, it's very interesting. It's so actually, let's break that down, Oz. You know, while Mark comes back and reconnects, <laughs> um, there is eating disorders, and a lot of folks think that eating disorders are for folks that are underweight. But in actuality, eating disorders are psychological disorders that your brain doesn't understand that you look okay and that you constantly don't have to lose weight. So dysmorphia, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the eating, but it's the perception of what you see in the mirror Mm -hmm. and back at you. 
And so when I was maybe five, six years ago, I'm actually a person who suffers from body dysmorphia, right? Mm -hmm. So what I see is not necessarily what I believe. So that's, it's, it's when perception and reality don't match up for those, just to make it easier. And for example, like binge eating or anorexia actually has nothing to do with the skinniness. It has to do with the psychological relationship that one has with food. So they're really interesting. So you can be essentially 400 pounds and be bulimic and anorexic. Anorexic may be harder because you have to be underweight, but you can be bulimic. You can Mm -hmm. be like a person who vomits up their food and and so forth. So I think it's a really good um, misunderstanding for people to understand that for people to get their head wrapped around that you can be 300 pounds, so to speak, and be bulimic and dysmorphic. So uh, for folks who don't know, I, I was about 300 pounds and now I'm about 185. And the doctor warned me that I would go through dysmorphia, which is I would be very hesitant to buy my true size. I would always buy the size that's bigger because that's what I was used to in my body. So that it's a real psychological thing. And and one of the things I had to go do was see um, a nutritionist psychologist to kind of help me fall back in love with food and have a healthy relationship with food and, and so forth so I could figure it out. But again, all of that capitalizes on, you know, what we look like and that desire to self-present and what we see and what we do. It's it's exhausting. Oh, it is it's so exhausting, exhausting as a woman. And also, I have to say, I have personally, and I've mentioned this on shows before, I've personally been affected by social media in this regard. And, you know, body dysmorphia, you could be any weight and suffer from body dysmorphia or any yeah. kind of eating disorders. And eating disorders are, the, it's a spectrum, just like everything else. You know, you don't necessarily have to be bulimic Absolutely. or anorexic, but any kind of not great relationship with food can be, you know, can be considered an eating disorder. I've always felt the need to have control over my food. And Mm -hmm. when I'm out of control with my food, it really puts me in a real bad mental state. So you guys know I've been through it all. I mean, keto, um, macros, (laughs) the, you know, South Beach diet, the, you know, whatever, cabbage soup diet, you name it, I've done it. The shakes two times a day and a sensible dinner at night, like, you name it, I have done it. And it's always been, and I just recently understood it, like it's always been about control for me, which is not good, mm. right? Like it's another aspect of it. And I've al- always struggled with my weight. Um, I've always felt like anytime I kind of relax when it comes to my eating and just mm-hmm. not think about it too much that I gain substantial amounts of weight. And the same with the working out. You guys know ever since Miles was three months old. He's now nine and a half. I have been working out regularly and consistently, but for a while it was OD. I'm talking about two hours a day mm. training, like I was doing the most. And it wasn't. I'm currently wasn't working out two hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you're back. I'm not mad at you though, Mark. <laughs> that's that's how that's how long I spend in the gym because it's right? like I'm trying to get rid of the pandemic weight but mm-hmm. you know but continue what you were saying the point is it wasn't sustainable for me and I wasn't happy and I had to make a lot of decisions around social eating so like you lose a lot of that you lose a lot of that kind of let's say fair, um, you know, just like ability to just go and hang out and do things with people when you when you have so many constraints around your food. I mean, I was carrying a scale to restaurants, guys. It was kind of ridiculous. I mean, oh, I'm, not, pause there. I'm not knocking people for doing that. that no, that's deep, too. That's deep. A scale to restaurants. Holy. Yes. Yeah, I was weighing my proteins and weighing my carbs. (laughs) And like, you know, I got clowned a little bit. Well, we got a little bit of technical difficulties today. I don't think people want us talking about how much you're (laughs) in making us insecure. So Oz was saying before she comes in and comes back out that she was carrying a scale to the restaurant. And that's deep. I mean, I understand. I eat small portions six times a day. So I get it. And I constantly am having conversations with myself saying, you know, don't take that extra bite, man, because you know that's going to make you 
yeah. freak out in your head and have these bad relationships. But Mar, I, I have to be honest, when you said you work out two hours, part of me was like, yo, bitch, you need to get your shit together because I'm working maybe 40 minutes no. a day. <clears throat> no, no, no. And I, I, I really don't think that is like, that's just a, that's just a recent standard for me. So in terms of my story, I uh, started my weight loss journey for my wedding, but I continued after I got married. And one of the things that I found was I wanted to continue with exercise because I found that it was really helpful for me during a job loss period that I experienced. Mm. It was the endorphins that kept me going, that kept me upbeat. I was sinking into this massive depression and I, I, it worked for me. I'm just saying this is what worked for me. You know, there's other people who, um, might take other, you know, other, uh, strategies for coping besides looking for a job. I really needed the exercise to complement my job search mm-hmm. at that time several years ago, because it was really difficult. You know, I, I needed to have some discipline and to have an ongoing, um, routine, so that I wouldn't sink into this like wallowing and self-pity uh, phase that I so used to love. And so um, there was a point where I plateaued in my weight loss journey. I reached a certain weight and found that I was not losing any further weight. Mm. And I needed to make some changes. And then years later, the pandemic comes along. I'm gaining more and more weight. And one of the things that I discovered about myself was that I can't do the same routine that I was doing, you know, three, four years ago. It's just not Mm, realistic. mm, mm, I needed mm. to make some changes and I learned a little bit more about my body type. I learned a bit more about my eating habits and realized that I have the, the type of body that takes a really, really long time to rev up. But when it does get revved up and the heart rate starts to get to a certain stage, then it starts to go into overdrive. Okay. That's, so that's for good me, to know, actually. There's people who can work out for 25 minutes a day. Good for you. No, Wonderful. I'm not that that's, person either. That's not me. I can't. I, I won't lose a bloody thing. Not one pound. I won't lose any weight. Yeah. It's, and and all of that, I mean, we can have a whole episode on food and, and, you know, there's a good book I've read called food, God and love that really helped me repair my relationship. But all of this goes back to this, these concepts of beauty standards, right? Like I think now we're in our forties. We're like, we're doing this to stay healthy. There's this sense of urgency after you shift into your forties, like, yo, I need to keep this body for at least another 40 years, so, <laughs> but let, let's keep it in good shape. But I've also realized in my own life how the my image and my desire to maintain my image is different, right? Yeah. So I, I'm a bit of a, for, I don't even know if this is a word, folks, so people listening, you can let me know, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a late bloomer when it comes to beauty. Like prior to this, I was a nerd. I enjoyed being a nerd. I was studying, doing my thing, traveling. I mean, I liked a little makeup here and there. I definitely, I'm getting my nails done was always my thing, was always my thing. So that was never like a late bloomer thing. I I think my nails were something I could control in your beauty Mm -hmm. and that stuff. But then, you know, I started losing weight and then I was like, God damn, there's all these other things to do. Yeah. Right. Like. So eyebrows was always a thing for my me too, because I'm half Indian and yo, sometimes we be hairy. So I got to do my eyebrows. But then there are other things like waxing. Like folks, come on. Why <laughs> do I need to wax my vagina? Like why? Why? So my sister and I are having this conversation and, you know, <laughs> my mom is like, you know, my mom's a big sex ed freak, right? She, she doesn't mind educating. Oh, we know so about the warden. Mama. Yeah. So my sister and I call my mom and I'm like, why do we have to like shave our vagina? And my mom's like, because you do, because it keeps it clean. And she doesn't even like, she doesn't even ease us into it, Mar. She's like, because you do. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I ain't trying to do all this. That's some high maintenance stuff. She's like, well, you, I, you know, she's not even talking about if you got a partner. She's just like, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
man, that's a lot of work. But then I got friends who get waxed. And I have this whole issue now. God bless them. About it could never waxing. be me. Okay, so Mark, you're on that too. I'm like, I don't know if I want anyone touching my coochie. This yeah, is my thing. I, I'm, I'm not cool with having anyone see or do anything painful in my nether regions other than romantic partners. <laughs> because honestly, no. I, I, you know, as a black woman, I have very coarse hair. And because of that, you run into issues with, um, you run into issues with ingrown hairs, you run into issues with, uh, you know, bumps and cysts and abscesses and all kinds of things that can result from that. And I, I just, I know for me with the coarse hair that I have, I cannot do it. I recently, um, I started, uh, I think it was during the pandemic, I made appointments to go to the electro to get ele electrolysis done on my chin. So pause, can you tell us what electrolysis is? So the electrolysis like, is- I need a dictionary or a glossary. It's just basically removing the hair from your preferred region one by one. It's like a little zapper, oh, a little no. needle, and it zaps and it hurts. It hurts like a bitch. It really hurts. So I, I had this little village that started growing on my chin and it got worse over the years because I was um, wax. I was waxing. I was also plucking and it was just getting worse and worse. And what I learned was that because again, my hair is extremely coarse, I needed to go through uh, first an introductory hair laser removal period. So it was, um, you know, I, it was basically like the laser was used first and then there Aww. would be a special type of waxing. And then we transitioned to electrolysis because it was, um, it was, uh, now suitable for me to have that procedure done because the hair was a little thinner. So what they did was they made the hair thinner and then, um, then use the, um, and then use the electrolysis on my chin. So that's, See, that's painful. what I've been going through. That's what I've been going painful. through. Painful. It's almost that done just... though. It's almost done. My sister has gone through the procedure herself. She's the one who recommended it to me. I didn't go, I should have done it years ago. And anyway, now I'm finally doing it and I'm so, so happy. But now the idea is what else do I want to have done? And girls, I got a wish list. I got a wish list. Nice. No. You want to talk about okay. a wish list. First of all, why can't we be hairy and beautiful? I mean, what the heck is up with that? But this is, listen. Do you, if you want hairy armpits, that is on you. I personally don't. <laughs> but you see, armpits aren't even the issue. Armpits, I don't mind shaving the armpits. I don't mind shaving the legs. I just want to know why you got to be touching <laughs> you don't, my You don't my need to do that. You don't why do I need to? There are women who are fine with having uh, bushiness all over their body, under the armpits and in the nether regions, you know? I, I just... Nether regions. Yeah. I, but then, so there's a couple things, right? So so I'm brown. I'm brown and black. Well, I'm Indian and black. Right. And I and I love going to London because you can go upstairs in your little auntie's room and they will thread the shit out of you. You feel like you're getting shaved. Like, I mean, shaved like a cat. They be threading the shit out of you. And I really like threading my eyebrows. Real like real facts. I think it's much better. It's much better than waxing. But the the, the pain these girls go through, they be doing their arms. I'm like, no, nah, nope. I'll stick with my hair. My arms aren't that hairy, but I don't, I'm not feeling any kind of way about the hair on my arms. I wasn't feeling any kind of way about the hair on my upper legs. And then I got married <laughs> and Mr. Z was like, oh, I was What's like, what, that? you got beef? And I'm like, well, then you shave yours. Like, what the I'm hell? Sorry, but the... Those are just the double standards that exist in life. And if you find a partner who is not attracted that. to uh, hairy armpits or hairy bush in the, you know, the bush in the nether regions or hair anywhere else, I mean, that's just how it is. That's the partner you've got, uh, you know? Hold on. Can, but can we, can we please talk God, about please. how these are, they all stem from, from the whole, um, you know, 
white standards of beauty. I think Thank this is really yeah. important to talk about because um, as a Middle Eastern woman coming from, you know, a culture where if you look at our, even our art in, in, you know, the, in ancient Persia, our eyebrows connect, you know, we're voluptuous. We have yeah. larger noses. There's a little mustache happening and it's fine. It's fine. You know, you got a belly going. It's just, it was part of the appeal. And here come these, you know, European standards that have come, you know, to, to what is the word I'm looking Corrupt. for? Besides the corruption, but I mean, like they, they have superseded all other standards mm. oh, and now dominate. every they've dominated. Yeah, exactly. And now here we are, you know, all of the, all of us from all the different cultures and races that don't even have the same attributes, right. As, as European white people are aiming for this look. It's just not natural, you know, and I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I was also under the influence of this. I mean, I tweezed the shit out of my eyebrows. And that's why I have to microblade today, guys. Let's so what's microblading? Microblading, you want to talk about painful? Okay, so microblading is literally a blade. And so it's like a tattoo, but they use blades to do hair strokes on your eyebrows so that it looks like you have hair strokes as opposed to, you know, whatever. And one of the reasons is because I tweezed, but it's also because I had some sort of like adult onset acne in my 20s. I took medicine for it and I lost all my hair and my eyebrows didn't grow back. Not to say that I have I don't have any eyebrows, but I just definitely don't have the eyebrows that I used to have. If you look at my kids, that's what my eyebrows were supposed to look like. But anyway, so that being said, you know, I have I'm very self-conscious about my eyebrows. So I go to these extreme and by the way, the first time I microbladed, it cost me 1200 bucks, ladies. That shit was no joke. Okay, so yeah. not only is it it's painful, pretty expensive. It's not expensive. Only does it, it's expensive. And that's just one part of the things that, you know, I feel like as a woman, I have to upkeep, you know, like that, Nisha, that's just also just one procedure. You then have to go back in the six months and do a follow up or whenever exactly. and do a follow up. Exactly. Exactly. Nisha, we, you know, that I am blessed, right? That I have long lashes. And I say blessed just because long lashes seem to be a standard, again, another standard of beauty. And I don't necessarily have to go through the lash extension, but that's expensive too. Oh, I and love it, them though. <laughs> and it's recurrent, but yes, you love them. And that's not, that's not the point. The point is that, you know, you still have to go through time and money and consistency yeah. in order to upkeep these, you know, these standards. And so just a fun fact for those, for people, the, the beauty industry generated 500, $511 billion dollars. That could be feeding some countries over and over and over. So that's how much our insecurities are generating, right? Um, We're and, all and, and, and to all be fair, us. let me not be so exaggerant because there are some things that I do by choice. I do eye wax my, I do eyebrows by choice. That was something I like. I do my nails by choice. I do pedicures by choice. I like eyelash extensions by choice. I love that look, especially now that I shaved my head. I love the eyelashes with the glasses and the earrings. I like the look. What I don't do by choice and will not pay for, hence husband will pay for it, is waxing. No, you want to, either you do it or you pay for it, but I'm not paying for it. This is that's very interesting, Nisha. I never looked at it from that perspective of what I do by choice and what I mean. I think I do them all by choice. I don't feel like I am doing anything, you know. I mean, would I rather not suffer through the, the pain? Sure, but you know, I think I do it all by choice. I think we're all making the choice as to how we want to beautify ourselves. And Nisha, you mentioned um, that you, you know, your hair, your, you've shaved your head now, mm -hmm. but I, I made the decision to chop off all of my hair like over 10 years ago and I went natural. I cut off all the chemically processed hair 
uh, when it was the early stages of going natural. It was a huge shock in my own family. <laughs> Some women were just like, oh my God, this is beautiful. This is amazing. It's so you. And then I had one sister who had seen me. I hadn't even told her about it, but she had seen me on the street and she was like, I, I just got ripped a new one. Oh, I got oh no. It was bad, yeah. But you know, back then it wasn't cool, right? It was, it was a huge shock to her. But oddly enough, years later, she then ended up cutting off her hair and ended up for a, a very low, um, a low cut herself. So yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it's just, for me, I've never been the person who I've only one, worn maybe weaves and wigs, like maybe two times in my life. One was during prom and the other was on my wedding day. And I feel like I don't, I just subscribe to this belief that you're going to get this natural hair. I don't care <laughs> whether I straighten it, whether it's a twist out, whether it's something else, like we need to basically start normalizing that, Hey, this is what hair on people of Af African origin mm -hmm. actually looks like. And I'm not interested in paying the money to, um, to you know, buy it. weave, buy wigs or any of that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's never been my style and I just don't want to spend the money on it. I'll be happy to spend money on other things like my electrolysis treatment. And, you know, I too have microblading on the list. You know what else I got on the list? Mastopexy, which is a, a, a nice little term for uh, breast lift, mm. you know? And that's the thing. We all keep thinking like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, we want to do all these things to ourselves. Well, guess what? It's, it's because you don't necessarily have to have children or mm -hmm. anything like that in order to have a have breast lift surgery. You actually have to go through puberty, weight gain, <laughs> gravity. weight loss, more weight gain, gravity, age. all of those things, mm -hmm. age. And, you know, that those are the reasons for getting that type of surgery. You have the option of either getting um, silicone implants or just going natural all on your mm -hmm. own, you know? And so that's the thing that I think a lot of people also forget is that Sometimes there's medical reasons that play into it. That's you know? true. I, I, Puberty yeah. is a huge issue. I have a sister who had, who has Graves' disease, and she's lost her eyebrows because of the issues with her thyroid. Yeah, I mean that's why that. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I shaved my head. Right, like I'm hypothyroidic. It takes the med. Either way, you're losing your hair. It's a wrap because yeah. you lose your hair mm -hmm. from the actual condition or you lose your hair from the medication you take to correct the condition. So, mm -hmm. you know, but you see, this, this is my problem. It's so complex, right? Because Ozzy, you're saying like you do all the, the beautifying, painful, expensive, beautifying process, which is an oxymoron by choice. But sometimes part of me needs to think about how much of it is my choice and how much was it like it like seeped into me through society Oh, a, a, a thousand percent of it has seeped into me through society. And actually, I have a great example of this. Um, the Zoom sessions that have been happening since the pandemic or whatever video chatting sessions have been taking place instead of face-to-face -face meetings have highlighted my most insecure and unflattering areas to the point where I started considering procedures that I had never thought of before. Ever. Mm. Because here I am looking at the screen, looking at my face, analyzing every part of it and thinking, nah, shit, this ain't it. Like, I don't want to look like this. <laughs> like, I can't believe I look like this. And it, I'm not the only one. You know, I've spoken yeah. to women my age and older who are like, yo, I can't look at my neck on the screen. Your neck? Like, I've never thought about my neck. Well, that's not true. I've had like insecurities on my neck since I was much younger, but that's a whole other issue. But like now... At this age, I'm looking at my neck, I'm looking at my chin, I'm looking at my jowls, my skin, my wrinkles, I mean, and now I'm obsessed. And I haven't, just to be very clear, I have not done Botox or fillers or anything. I'm not knocking them, by the way. Like, I know a lot of people who do it, and whatever makes you feel good about yourself, I, I can't knock it. But have I considered it? Hell yeah. Mm. Am I, like, actively looking into it? Fuck yes, because I feel like... <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta get in with the mix, bro. Like I can't be out here looking old as fuck. And I know like it's not, and yes, is that a choice? It's my choice to do it if I ever choose to do it. 
But where does it come from? I definitely think that social media and the comparison and the constant influx of unrealistic and unnatural visuals of an aging woman, yeah, you know, mothers and what that looks like. The snapback, the snapback itself as a theory is sick. That sick, is a myth. Guys. The snapback it's, is a myth. It's a, like, it's so sick that we have glorified the body of mothers or women who've carried babies in their in their bellies for nine months coming back to form in like two to three months to the point where no mother that I know has had an like a healthy way of thinking of their body once they've had children and you know not one how about the fact that women carry babies all together you don't need to snap back to anything bro you're good you just gave birth yeah like Right. And not even just, you know, your whole life changes after you have a child. And that time that you had for yourself, that shit is gone, B. And not only that, if it takes nine months for you to create a baby and it took your body nine months to become that form, you got to at least give it that much time to come back to even remotely. And not, it's never going to go back, right? Because you've just made a huge adjustment. It's like saying, once you hit puberty, can you go back? You're not going to go back. Your body is now yeah. changed forever. Yeah. Yo, my feet grew a full size, guys, between three kids. I was a five and a half. I'm now a six and a half. Wow. With my, if that happens, I can't expect my feet to go back to the size that they were. So I shouldn't have those expectations of my body either. Not my hips, not my waist, not my stomach. And, and you know, this is the messaging that I'm trying to look for more and more on social media because I realize how it impacted me and how crazy I was about trying to, you know, be like everything that I'm seeing online. Meet those expectations. Yeah, exactly. I think at so. this stage, I've um, liked enough uh, videos from crime faces from the crime faces account and enough, uh, food videos and cat videos and dog videos that my algorithm is no longer, um, yeah. you know, I, I, is no longer populated by, you know, these unreal, unrealistic images. But what it is populated by now is I follow some personal trainers mm. and now that is coming up in my, in my timeline. It's kind of like, I, I don't want to, I don't want that to change right now because I do want to continue to get ideas on different compound exercises, um, food ideas and so forth. What, what, what I eat in the day kind of, uh, posts so that I can learn what I can apply to myself. Yeah. But I, I totally am cognizant of the fact that there is a fine line between becoming healthy and becoming really obsessed. And mm. I'm I'm just, you know, trying to make sure that I don't lose control over over myself and what I'm um, consuming in terms of that those that and visual content. It also doesn't help, I think as you were on to a point, it doesn't help either that the Western world is also dominating beauty, right? So I'll give you an example. Mar thought she was doing something helpful for me, viewers, and taught me about this smart scale. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh, man, where and are we going? That little, that little bitch, the little smart scale bitch, <laughs> said to me, "We think your body is seventy four years old." I said, "What the fuck are you talking 74? about?" Oh my god! What kind of shit is this? So those don't don't know me. It gave I you an age. Oh, mine gives me an age too. Oh, my body age is older. Or maybe I'm not looking at the app properly. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. I put my middle finger <laughs> oh, up totally at it. I'm totally looking at it afterwards. <laughs> Don't do it. So I went back to my doctor and I said, yo, what's this? And Nisha, everything is good. Your blood is good. Blood pressure is good. <laughs> your your liver is good. So by the way, I, I like worked. I changed my the firmness of my liver around. Mm weight like my liver was like a 9.7 for those out there who know numbers now it's a 3.7 it's snapping back and, and he said my white doctor said these standards aren't meant for people like you they're not meant for the average Praise person God. let alone people like you and he said 74 nah 
He's like, no, I've, I've known you since you were 19. You're in the best health that you are in today than you've ever been since I've been your doctor. And I looked at the scale and I was like, fuck you. I just said this guy. And my Pretty husband much. was like, why are you talking to the scale? The scale cannot do anything. It didn't do anything. It just measured you. And I said, fuck that scale. Like the standards are, are way off, right? And uh, it just goes to show. And the reason this conversation came up is because, viewers, I'm going in for a panectomy. So panectomy is the removal of excess skin once you lose a lot of weight. And so I call Mar and Ozzy, but Mar, you know, Ozzy got a tribe, so I can barely get in touch with Ozzy because her <laughs> tribe doesn't want us to talk. They only want us to talk while we're doing messy truths. And so I said to Mar, I was like, oh shit, I got the call Tuesday viewers and it's happening in two and a half weeks now. And I said to Mar, it's like, do I really need to do this? Do I really need to put my body through this? Because I'm cute already. You could check my profile. I'm cute already. <laughs> Do I really need to get rid of this skin? You know, and 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 I'm I'm nervous, right? Because it's not just it's not just a straightforward cut. It's a fleur de lis cut. Like they cut you open, like you peeling an orange, and really put you back together. And I'm like, you know, this is what's going through my head. Like, do I really really need this? And then I hear myself saying, "Bitch, you worked hard. Like, you should look the best you want to be." But there is another part of me that's like, really, really niche? You really going to do all this and be at home and being some waistband trainer for what? For some summer bod 2022 shit? Like, really? So I don't know. Like, isn't it okay that, you know, I get my nails done. I'm on fleek. I'm cute. I got nice glasses. Why isn't that enough? And it just made me think we pay a lot as women. We go through a lot as women to look cute, to be voyeured, right? Like we're literally voyeured. Men, women, yeah. people looked at us to be voyeured. And and we're uncomfortable I, with I that too. It's, it's actually yeah. kind of amazing. But it is the conflict that you're bringing up, Nisha. Yeah. And that, I, I definitely feel you on that because I always say when I'm trying to justify the things that I want to do and the list is long, Mar, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> When I try to justify it, I'm like, yo, you only live once. I want to be my best self. So what that it's vain? So what that it involves, you know, thousands of dollars and going under the knife? And, you know, so what that it involves the risk of 3%, you know, mortality rate? Like, I I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about a procedure that I was looking at <laughs> the other day. But anyway, so like, you know, do I, do I still want to do it? And like, and then a part of me is just like, why? Why do you need all yeah. of this? And it goes yeah. back to the how deep, you know, your sense of like, your sense of value, your sense of self-worth and, and how much society and what we've come across, whether through relationships or, you know, shitty teachers, not you, Nisha, or whatever, you know, what that has affected us and the trauma that it has, you know, put into us and how we battle that and and what we do yeah. because of it so I feel you it is so deep and you know I've always I think I've always been super um I don't want to say worried about but I've always been concerned about my appearance like always mm. you know even as you know even after having kids being married being in a relationship I never gave up on my appearance and I don't I, you That's know okay I mean, it's okay if it's for me, but you're right. Ultimately, it, who's looking at me? I'm not looking at myself all day I, yeah, in the mirror. I mean, it doesn't change what my kids I mean, think I'm of me. I mean, I'm enjoying what I'm looking at, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was going to say, like, I don't know, but viewers, I, I actually don't care what you think. Just listen to the podcast. I think we're hot. Like, I, I do think we've gotten progressively hot. Like, and I, we've got photos to prove it. You've seen our flashbacks, right, where we... <laughs> We're mm -hmm. tore up and drunk, but <laughs> uh, I'm actually, we you know, I'm hot. quite proud of this half of the, my second half of my 40 decades. Like I really worked hard and that's what was driving the skin removal. Right. Cause I was like, man, I am not carrying weight that I have not earned. That mm -hmm. was my thing. Mm. And this is skin that I can never get rid of. So people who know if you lose weight, there's some skin that it doesn't matter what you do. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to drop.
the breasts are gonna sag no matter how much bench pressing you do they are if your belly has been expanded three times with you know eight pound seven pound children and like god knows an additional 30 40 pounds that's just not it's just not you know like and then the weight's telling you you're thir- the weight scale's telling you you're 74. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm bound to, like, I'm bound to lose another five to 10 pounds with the skin. So I'm like, well, hold on. I don't know if I want to be carrying that. Like, that's not mm-hmm. my, that, like, I don't know. But again, you know, you get nervous because they say surgery, COVID, six, like, you know, you start to get nervous. Mm-hmm. But and then I started thinking about my birthday, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. And I thought, God damn, I'm going to be even more cute on my birthday. <laughs> like, I'm not, that's what I think about. I yep. might even do a bikini shoot on my birthday. Damn, now. that's what I'm, I'm like, talking about. Do it. Girl. Yeah. I'm, but, you know, but it is it is nerve wracking. And then but back to what I'm saying, if my husband wants something, you you pay it. Mm-hmm. You want me to wax my legs? You want me to wax my vagina? Dish it out because I ain't doing it. I, it's not my choice. You like it. I don't care. Let's also not like ignore men's opinions and attitudes play an incredibly important role in how we uh, in how we manage our appearance. And at the end of the day, from things that I've seen online and guys that I've known over the years, they don't care for the lashes. They don't care for they don't they don't care for the skinny you know, there's a lot of women who are talking about creaky knees because they've been seeing a lot of videos of women, you know, doing some incredibly acrobatic things with their booty <laughs> I have never seen before in my oh, life. No. I mean, you know, and the dance hall videos from back in the day, I've seen all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's on like a whole other different Olympic le- oh, level right It's on an Olympic oh, level. You. I and can't keep up. And it's just incredible. It's really incredible. So we need to find a way to balance between, you know, what we desire for ourselves to make us feel better and what the external part of our lives are demanding from us. And I mean, you really shouldn't be worried about what anyone thinks. You really shouldn't. It's more about what you think, what you, what, how you feel. But yeah, these things do play a big part. You know, I'm just saying that I don't think men really care about a lot of the stuff as much as we do. I've again, I've only worn I've only worn lashes maybe once in my life. There's been times where I've I've done a few beautifying things over the last like decade. And my partner has said, I don't really care for that stuff. I truly don't. And no. and I'm kind of relieved about that because I feel like, great, I don't have to do <laughs> I really don't well, have to go out of my way to do certain things. Have yours talk to mine because mine is, man, he, I don't know. Who's he fantasizing he about? What's he doing? <laughs> he likes pretty. He does. So just to let folks know, my husband married a hip hopper, right? I love hip hop. And I don't only love hip hop. I love the thug aspect of hip hop. So let me define what I call thug. I love the the baggy jogging suits with rocking the sneakers and the toques. And I love that, you know, I guess in some ways, I'm. Um, Don't forget the Tims. It's weird. The t- yeah, No, Tims aren't comfortable. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're not but, wearing them. No, true. I, I like, um, I guess that my clothes fashion is non-binary. I, I guess I prefer the male version of hip hop. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was bigger. So those clothes fit. Hip hop clothes is for everybody. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter what size uh-uh, you are, right? So I always true. felt like I could swag in hip hop clothes. And I, and I loved it. I loved, you know, the FUBUs and the Michael Jordan velour suits. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it fit. And I chose sneakers. Because that's one beauty standard I won't adhere to. I won't fuck with heels. I don't like them. My foot doesn't like them. I don't walk in them. I well. hate heels, girl. So I, I don't mess them. with them. Mm-hmm. I'll wear a wedge. I'll wear a boot. But a heel, my husband bought me my first pair of heels and they still up in the closet. Thank God for the pandemic. Because I don't like them. And they're a kitten heel, right? You know, they're, look, they're thicker than my glasses. But I, I look like, like a baby giraffe when I wear heels, guys. The way I walk. It's really sad. I mean, I feel like at, at this age, I should have at least mastered a little bit of walking around in heels, but 
I look crazy walking in it's heels. Tough. I can't. I don't like it. them. I'm over heels. I think heels are overrated. I absolutely I love. I think they're disgusting. Knee, I like knee high boots. I really oh, yeah. love knee high boots. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. my thing. I'm a huge fan of that. I like yeah. Crocs. There you go. <laughs> she said I like the Crocs. Oh, I do. Crocs have some nice shoes, by the way. FYI, and so does Sorrel. They have some nice platforms. But yeah, I think I like. Uh, I guess a friend of mine said you have a non-binary style, and I was like, I guess. Yeah, like, I fine, know. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take it. But then I married Mr. Z, who likes dainty and pretty, and that Japanese woman look. And I'm like, what are you? So we're adjusting. He is a um, a manscaper. <laughs> oh wow! He has the beard oiled, and he shaves. And he has to wear the Tom Ford and the nice jeans. I didn't know this when we were getting married, folks. I married <laughs> a brand whore. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, a serious brand whore. Like, when we went shopping, it has to be Holt running for I'm like, what? Where, why he does. Why he had a retail back. He has a retail background. Fine. So, I mean, it makes Fine. sense, you know? Yeah, I, I my partner don't. The most he'll do is maybe just get the football a haircut because he's a huge UK culture he's an anglophile and he likes he likes the premier league he goes for the footballer cut um but like i i love the footballer cut but I, <laughs> as far as far as anything else i mean he'll he'll he likes the brand name suits as well for work but as soon as he gets home he takes all that off and it's like you know whatever casual no. you know boxers but at least i mean i suppose it's been a it's been an influx. Uh, I don't mind some, I, but you know what? I think what it is, knowing his standard, I had to find my own feminine swag mm -hmm. in my own way. And I feel now I'm a, probably a lot more stylish than I was. I like it because of the weight loss. I feel a lot of things where I wear it better. My, I have more time to focus on it. I have three degrees now. So I'm like, oh, okay, I can focus on being a girl. Who knows? But he likes that now. He, he likes... Uh, that I know how to do my own makeup and the eyelash. He likes that stuff. He really likes that stuff. But I'm like, I still have to be me. So my my glasses are Kazelle. I like that stuff. But one beauty standard that worried me was shaving my head. Mm -hmm. You know, women who shave their head have a certain uh, connotation around them. Are uh, like, I had a lot of women come up to me like no, sorry. Sorry, boo. You're pretty, but I don't go that way. And also <laughs> it gives off the impression. No, because I guess I have that look. Now I have that look. A lot of women have told me like, you wear the little tube, you've got the glasses and the earrings, but that's because I have to shout out Aisha Hins. This is my little swag crush. She plays in 911. Oh, yes, head. yes. You've told, you've told me about her before. I find she is like really feminine and she's so dope and fierce so i find like that's it used not to say that it's not jill but jill doesn't have a bald head right so for a while i was going <laughs> after jill looks but aisha hines has this look that i find so sexy but one thing i won't buy are high heels i'm not sure if i will wax my vagina i have been contemplating this <laughs> oh my god why are we i have been <laughs> so let, let's get into it what's on Let's get on the list. Let's get in. Let's get on the list. What's on your list, Nisha? Everybody is going to go through their um, list here. Now that you brought up electrolysis, I would consider maybe. Okay. Depends on the pain level. So electrolysis, watching, waxing the nether regions. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. It's just this. I, I mean, I've had a this is going to sound weird, but I've been more open with sharing my vagina lately. So maybe <laughs> I could get waxed because I do kegels. And when you do kegels, they have kegels. to kegels, kegels, mm -hmm. whatever pelvic floor exercises. Yes. They kegels. have to put their finger in your vagina to see the strength of how you, whatever, look it up. Um, <laughs> so when she put her finger out, I was like, I was like, you have to do what? She's like, yeah, I'm going to have to put my finger in your vagina now to see if you can hold it. What? What the fuck are you talking about? So I was like, <laughs> okay. This is interesting. I have never heard of this ever, ever. Yeah, ever. it was an initial assessment to like for pelvic floor because it's for endometriosis. It's to help uh, you okay. deal with it. 
So they teach you how to breathe and to hold and to kegel or kegel or whatever it is. And so I had it yesterday, folks, and I was like, man, put what, what, where? You, what, what in the butt? (laughs) Remember that? Oh my God, don't bring that up. We can't talk about that. That song will stay in my head now forever. Um, so yeah, I guess I would consider getting waxed. I might have to take a medical marijuana weed gummy before I go get my vagina waxed. Oh, it's um, hella painful. Hella painful. See? But is it just as bad as getting kidney stones? I don't know. I've never had kidney stones. See, I've had kidney stones and that shit brought me on my knees. Like I was in pain. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've given birth a few um, times, but you know. See, okay. So <laughs> I kidney wouldn't, stones. I, I wouldn't compare it to How, to how waxing. bad is it to giving birth? I think waxing is just a very fast kind of kind of like, pain mm. and burn. Like, you know, and if you got the right person, it's done in like five minutes. You're well, good. Well, shout mm-hmm. out to Oz, uh, Oz's uh, culture because all the people who touch me are Iranian and I love them. There you <laughs> go. Gentle and nice. My lady is, Oz, is Pakistani and I love her too. Yo, on my list, if we're going to keep it 1000% real, I would love to get a I would love to get a little lipo in my trouble areas. I mean, to be honest with you, I had again, I went through hell and high water to like, you know, work out and eat right. And I still don't feel like I reached the, you know, the figure that I was really aiming for. And it's not out of not trying. So I think at this point, I need a little bit of medical help, if you will. Um, and, you know, I told you, I feel like at this point, I also want to touch up my uh, my facial features a little bit. Maybe a little filler, maybe a little Botox, maybe a little skin treatment. I mean, I did a couple of laser treatments on my skin, guys. And by the way, that shit is expensive and painful, too. Like I'm talking about $500, $600, $700 <clears throat> facials. Um, wow. But again, you know, I really do have to kind of look at where this feel for this need comes from. Like, and I, I do sometimes have to think about, you know, why I'm doing it, what I'm modeling for my kids and, you know, everything that comes with it. So like, I do have this mentality where I want to be like, oh no, you know, you're, you're beautiful as you are. And, uh, you know, just, you don't need any of this stuff. And, like, I, I hear myself. Shit. I hear myself saying that to Kiana, <laughs> but then I look at myself and I'm just kind of like, "Nah, bitch, you could fix this. Fix we're, this. Fix we're this, all. Fix this. <laughs> we're all going through it. We're all going through it. And anyone who says you, they aren't, they're lying. There is a saying in Iranian, in in the Iranian, the Farsi language that says, "Kill me and make me beautiful." So I feel like it's cultural, ladies. Like, fuck it, <laughs> kill me, <laughs> make me beautiful. <laughs> At least you're not writing love poems in math. We'll just leave oh, that right there. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so what about your list? My list is short and sweet. Just the breast lift. That's it. Maybe a little microblading, but that's about it. I don't care for lashes. I truly, truly don't. I tried to do it on my own once. It's just, it ain't for me. It truly isn't. I'll continue to keep doing my mani-pedi that I can manage. Mm-hmm. Um, I am never, ever going to be one of these women um, looking for a BBL. I've accepted that my booty, that Brazilian butt lift. Girl, you don't oh, need a BBL. <laughs> you, ma'am. Okay. I have accepted Do not need a that I have a cherry bomb. It is never going to clap. That is just not, not the plan that <laughs> yeah. Je- that is not the plan that Jesus has for my life. It's Isn't not. Isn't that the thing that me. I want though? Oh yeah, that Isn't is exactly that what you were asking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was saying I wish they could take like my excess skin and then like and re and transfer do the fat transfer to the booty. Yeah, I mean you can take some of mine if you want, but you know. I always wish there was a USB where we could just transfer things <laughs> on our body. But I, but that was actually the procedure I was talking about, guys. From I think in 2019 when they did the stats, it, it has a three percent mortality rate because there's a the lot of transfer? complexities. Yeah, there's a lot of complications with transferring fat to the buttocks area, and okay, I mean, okay. there's a lot of places who do it. Who, uh, plastic surgeons who are very um, skilled at doing this, but it is a dangerous procedure just in general. So not doing it, you know, it, and not it, doing it. yo, you know, it's, un- if you look, I mean, I, I've, for some reason, the, 
I know why, because I've researched it, but it shows up like on my Twitter feed or whatever, like, oh, my mom died of a BBL. My aunt just had a BBL and she died on the table. Da, da, da. And oh, like, no, you know, it's just, yeah. and honestly, like, you know, any kind of surgery, any kind of procedure has its risk factors. But when you think about that, like, is it worth it? You know, like for something like that, for like, for what? Not and to it goes back to your life. point, Nisha. Yeah, for what? For somebody to look at your ass and say that shit looks good? Like, for what? But to be very honest, I've seen the results of those surgeries. They're not looking that great. The majority of the, of the ones that I've seen, they're not that great. Guess what? They all have dimples. Guess what? You're going to have dimples whether you get the fat transfer or not. The no, dimples exist. That's that's part of what happens. You lose collagen as you get older. Hormones are a huge factor. So, you know, no matter what you try to do, even when you get those surgeries, you still have to do upkeep. You still have to work out. You still have yeah. to go to the gym in order to maintain yeah. everything. So I'm going to the gym now. It I just don't see the point putting my life at risk on the surgical table to endure that procedure and, you know, put my life at risk. I, I just, I don't see the point. And I mean, it just comes down to do what you want to do. At the end of the day, it mm -hmm. is ultimately your decision. But I really yeah. think people need to really think very carefully about whether their life is worth potentially losing just for a dimply bigger butt. No, I'm, I'm okay then. There, but you know, after this procedure, I have another one. I have another one coming called a, a bracteomy. It's for your arm fat. Because mm -hmm. again, that's another fat. But you see, I'm actually okay with that one because I've never gone out in public sleeveless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So okay. I'm like, oh, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this will be a whole new swag game for me. But you know, I, I think at the end of the day, a couple points of takeaway. I think it's important of finding balance. I think it's important to tell yourself you love yourself every day where you are, even if you have to fake it till you make it. I'm sure you've been in many situations where you've had to fake it till fake you make it. it. So, um, so Act you know, as I always, if, yeah, right? exactly. I the line from like, Boiler. I always try to, but you know, I think it's important for us to understand to find ways to kind of protect yourself from the tsunami of beauty standards that come our way as women and, and men too, to be fair. Um, you know, there's a lot of like, I want the guy with the hard rock abs, but I do honestly think it's easier on some level for men. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to recognize the beauty in us. Um, I think it's important to balance, like you're saying, Mar, to exercise and, and to work out and not just go under the knife because and, you know, I, I think it's important for people to realize that you've got one life to live and you don't need, nothing is perfect, right? Like we're all born asymmetrical from the jump. So it's okay with that. It's actually one of the tattoos I have on my arm. It says, um, per, imperfectly perfect in God's love, right? And I, and I think that's a really important like concept. And if I may, ladies, I, I definitely want to dedicate this show to my aunt, who's actually today's her death passing day. And this, my aunt, oh, was, she had so much swag. You know, she was a heavier set woman. A lot of folks think we look alike. Oh, my she God. You look exactly right. <laughs> don't tell her. Don't tell her children. That, <laughs> they get real in their feelings about that. <laughs> they really get into their feelings about that. But this was a woman who was heavy set. But so beautiful, like she always swagged herself up, always lived life and no medical procedure. She just, well, she had a few wax in here and there. We brown. So you know. that's not a medical but procedure, bro. That, no, but you know what I mean? Like she, like she taught me how to wax my eyebrows. Like that's what we're doing. But, you know, I, I just, I'm glad we had this show and I want this month, these, this industry to stop taking our money. Like I want some responsible, conscious beauty services like i don't go to folks who just want to do things to me because they want my money the, the the providers that i choose i want them to be upfront and ethical with me and tell me now nah, you don't need to do this mm -hmm. and I, I appreciate 
those kind of ethically responsible. And you are beautiful the way you are. Oz, you're beautiful the way you are. I don't give a shit about your neck, whatever. I don't even look at that shit. <laughs> Have you seen Karl Lagerfeld? Why do you think he wears that ascot his entire life? He's been wearing that damn ascot. I don't know. I've never seen it. I think Miranda's got the best high bone cheeks. Oh, wow, thank you. I, and I love your hair. You know, Oz, you got a great smile. And you got oh. little dimples, like little, not dimples, freckles. Freckles. I love them. I love them. I look, I look for these things. That's what attracts me in a person. I like smiles. I mean, if you have bad teeth, then I want you to go to the dentist. But <laughs> I like no, but these are the things that attract me as a woman. It's not necessarily do you have the best body. I like a smile. Yeah, right. You know, I like that type of stuff. I like to know you brush your teeth. (laughs) Yeah, but ladies, save our money. Save our money. Figure out what you really need, what you really don't, and and remember to tell yourself like you're beautiful because no one else will tell you. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Mm -hmm. be kind to yourself. Tell you that. Be kind for for real. Yeah. So what do we have in store next week, ladies? What are we previewing? Are we doing our dating? Don't know. What was that? Don't know. I think that I think that's uh, that's up in the air right now. But um, either way, do a New Year's one. Yeah, we'll we'll do a New Year's. Maybe what our goals are for 2022 Mm. and what we want to leave in the trash in 2021. We'll see. Let's do that. Come up with something. I might put my scale in the trash. But we thank you. Thank you for joining us here on Messy Truths Podcast. And make sure to tune in next week for the next episode. We love y'all. Love y'all. Stay beautiful. Stay kind to yourselves. And uh, save some money. For real. Peace. Peace. Peace.